So today we're going to talk about the personal testimony. Let's turn to Psalm 66, 16. And do we all have a handout now, Christopher, I'm assuming? Wherever Christopher went. Okay. Sixty-six, sixteen. It says, come and hear all you who fear God, and I will tell what he has done for my soul. A natural response of a Christian is to what? Tell what the Lord's done for us, right? That's a normal thing is for us to tell what he has done for us. Okay? Don't have to twist our arm. Um, so what, is a pers- what a personal testimony is and isn't. Okay. A personal testimony in and of itself is not the gospel. Okay? You can share a personal testimony in a way in which people still don't understand what the gospel is. Okay? Um, And your personal testimonies can be very short, can't they? They can be as little as, you know, how's your day going? It is really good. God has just blessed me this week with whatever. Or it's great to know that God loves me. I mean, you can have short little statements that you make to people. I mean, you're in a situation where you don't have time to unpack the four points. But you have time to acknowledge God, don't you? In some way, shape, or form. And especially if you're living with people in some context on a regular basis, those statements begin to add up, don't they? And people begin to understand that you are a Christian and that Christ really means something to you. And as they look and watch you, they're either going to have that testimony strengthened or not. Okay? So a testimony can be as short as just a a little statement. Um, But it can also be where you really unpack what Jesus has done for you. A personal testimony is the story of how you came to be reconciled to God through the gospel. It's your story of what God has done, how you came to know him. Now, if you're strategic in your testimony, you can weave the gospel into it, can't you? Okay? You can, your testimony... um, can really help them understand the gospel as you go through it. It's also personal. It's something you're sharing with them. It's not as much declarative. When you share the gospel with people, you're Christ's ambassador, and you are making a proclamation or a declaration. And you're saying this is what God says about himself and about you and about Jesus And God calls you to what? Repent. He calls us all to repent. He declares and and really commands us to repent, doesn't he? So the gospel is a little more, I'm here to deliver this message. This message is ultimately important to you. And I care about you and I want you to know Jesus. The, The testimony is more personal. And it gives them an insight into who you are and what has happened. Let's look at some reasons to share your testimony. There's always the challenge of fear and doubt in evangelism. Okay? And this is a way to fight fear and doubt. 
as you go over your testimony, as you speak your testimony to somebody, you remember all the goodness of God and all that he's done for you. And you realize this other person doesn't have that. Um, there's, a, you know, there's a fear in sharing the gospel. That's why Paul, Paul didn't ask you to pray for boldness for him for no reason. There is rejection when you share the gospel. There are people, it's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. Some people don't like being in sales because sales is uncomfortable. You're coming to somebody and you're saying, you need this, and then you try to bring them to a point of making that decision, right? Well, that's the same dynamics are here in this, in that you're coming to somebody with a very important proposition that's going to change their life. And the problem is we know, according to Scripture, they're all bent to what? Accepted or rejected? What's their bent? According to the Scripture. Their bent is to reject it, right? Their natural response is, I don't need this. I don't want this. I don't want to serve God. I don't like this. I remember Christians in my life who did X, Y, and Z. So you have all these, you know, these people. You naturally know the chances of them going, oh, I'm so glad you came today and shared this with me. It's just so exciting. That's going to be kind of on the lower scale. And the ones who, like, I don't want to talk about it to get out of my face are on the upper scale. So there's a reason to be fearful. Uh, also, we can really begin to doubt, will God even do anything in this situation? This person's hard. And this is my third time to try this. It didn't work the first two times. But as we rehearse the te our testimony, we're reminded that God saved us. And we were a mess too, weren't we? And we were hardened to the gospel. So the testimony kind of helps us fight fear and doubt. You know, Paul said he was the chief of sinners. He was surprised at the grace of God. I mean, Paul was against the church. Paul sought to kill and imprison Christians. He was about as against the gospel as you can get. And Jesus turned him around. Or you think of John Newton, a man who was really capable of anything horrible, and yet look what God did with his life. Or Augustine, who was bound up in lust, completely taken captive by it, and yet Christ set him free. And just think of your own life and what God is doing there in that situation. So if God can save you, he can do what? He can save somebody else as well. Secondly, uh, it's helpful to encourage other Christians as you share your testimony. A lot of times you're going to get in a situation where you don't know if the person's a believer or not. And you're going to start to share your testimony and the joyful thing is, they're a believer too. But as you've shared your testimony, you've helped strengthen them and to show them how, this, how it's done. Um, I think it's really important in, in our study um, that we got from Capitol Hill Baptist. Uh, he makes the point that it's really important for us to share our testimonies with each other. Where do you start practicing on doing this? With fellow believers. So when we're together, it's not just how's the weather 
and how was my week, and how was my work, and how's my family, it's also an opportunity for us to share a testimony of how the Lord saved us. And that gives us a chance to practice and do that, okay? So it encourages others. So it helps us overcome fear. It helps us encourage other believers. And once I've shared my testimony, what has that done now to this relationship with this person? It's now pointed this thing in a different direction, hasn't it? They now know who I am. I've now, I've now staked the claim to being Christ's ambassador. And so now it gives them a chance to watch and see. It gives them a chance and you a chance to enter into discussion again about this. Once you've kind of broken the ice in this area, you can now come back to it again and find an opportune time to share more with them. So three, it's to steer the conversation with unbelievers towards the gospel, the good news, and to bear witness to its truth in your life. So in your encounter with him, it may just be all you have a chance to do is just to share how, the Lord, how, you, became a, how you became a Christian. I'm sure they're all wondering, how did you become a Christian? Was it just because you were raised that way? Did you just go to church one day? Did you read your Bible? There's a natural curiosity of how you became a Christian. So at least if you share your testimony... Now they understand where you stand, okay? And then you can now come back again, especially if this is a person in which you're dealing with them on a regular basis in some type of context, whether work or some organization or whatever, or a neighbor, you can come back and visit it again, can't you? Okay? Again, sowing seed, watering, doing those type of things. Okay? So let's look at um, a situation in John 4. Let's all turn to John chapter 4. Remember the story of the woman at the well? Okay. So we see Jesus there. There's lots of things we could pull out of this passage. But let's turn to verses 39 through 42. Looking at tapping our testimonies to point unbelievers to Jesus. So this woman had an amazing encounter. She was a Samaritan. She was hated by the Jews. If there was a slogan for them like there is today, it would say Samaritan lives matter. Okay? Because to the Jews, they didn't matter. And normally when Jews would go go north, they would go around Samaria. They would never go through Samaria. And they would never, a male Jew would never talk to a female Samaritan. That's just like impossible. But this day when she goes to get water, she runs into the Lord Jesus. And he breaks all those little little traditions down, doesn't he? So he comes to the point where he shares all these things with her. um, And he tells her, let's go to verse 39. He unpacks for her the fact that he knows she's had five marriages. Okay? Verse 39. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever 
did. This is what blew her away. It blew her away that Jesus knew her. And he knew her sin. And I think the amazing thing was he was talking to her. And he was telling her she could have living water that would change her life forever. So the Samar- when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of the word. So first we see that the woman testifies to others about her experience with Christ. It was a very short experience, wasn't it? She's at the well, she's getting water, Jesus encounters her, and Jesus knows her. And he still talks to her. I'm sure in the Samaritan culture, her lifestyle wasn't very accepted there either. And yet, he reached out to her and cared for her. And then, notice what happens. She's able, because of her testimony, to direct them to Jesus. So she shares her testimony, and it's a launching pad to direct them to Jesus. Notice verse 39. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. It wasn't even the gospel, was it? She just said, he knows everything about me. Notice verse 42. They said to the woman, after they've had these two days with Jesus, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. So the simple testimony led them to understand fully who Jesus was. And these people were really antithetical to Judaism and to the Jews. And Jesus was a what? A Jew. And yet, two days with Jesus, and he unpacks the gospel for them, they come to believe that he is the Savior of the world. Pretty miraculous situation. Every salvation is miraculous. Every salvation is miraculous. There's no, there are obviously circumstances and situations that explain what happened, but for a heart to be changed, that's the work of God. And we've already talked about that, right? There's, there's part of this that God does. God changes the heart. He makes them open to hearing. The Spirit goes ahead of us and convicts them of sin and righteousness and judgment. And then we come and we have a chance to sow good seed in the, in the fertile soil. It's an amazing opportunity we have, brothers and sisters. Yeah, it's scary. And yeah, there's going to be people who are not going to like you. That's, they don't like us anyway. Okay? So it's not anything new, right? But we're doing what? Helping snatch people out of the fire by God's grace as we proclaim his word. Let's look at some uh, general framework for sharing your testimony. Okay? All right. So first question is, you need, first you need to let them know what your life was like before Christ. Okay? What was your life like before Christ? Now, for those who were raised in the church and they weren't gang members or drug dealers, 
or prostitutes, um, we sometimes kind of go, well, I don't know what to share. What, what things can we share with them about where we were at? That And obviously there's what the, our attitudes and things we can share, and some sin we can share. We don't want to get too graphic there, but we can share that. But what are some things we can tell them about what our life was like before Christ that they will understand? Remember, they haven't been raised in church. They haven't... Yes, you can tell them that, can't you? Okay. Right. So, yeah, you would tell them, you tell, you'd tell them, number one, you were what? You were a slave to sin, right? Somehow in the middle of your testimony or the beginning of your testimony, you need to tell them, you know, I was, what's the characteristics of an unbeliever? I didn't know God, and I didn't what? Want to know God. And I didn't what? I didn't obey him. And the result of that was what? What was the result of my sin? I was separated from him, and there's consequences for that, right? I was reaping the consequences of my sin, and one of those consequences is what? Guilt and what? Shame, right? As well as separation from him. Anything else we can share in that category that they can relate with? I think, go ahead. Yeah, I was living for myself. I was a very self-centered person, consumed with my interests and desires. Now, even unbelievers will do what? They'll try to make themselves better, right? I mean, they are like us in the fact that they do see sin as a problem. Not always. Depends on what they're doing or they have a chance to rationalize it. But they still understand this is wrong. This is a problem, and I need to fix it. So if we can share something with them about the fact I tried to, you know, I tried to stop sin, or I tried to improve myself, and help them see that that was a a fruitless thing. So some things like that. So put yourself in their shoes. You don't have to have a dramatic testimony of how, you know, you went from this lifestyle to this lifestyle. But it's still radical. You were rebellious. You were self-centered. You didn't care about God. You had no desire to know God. You wanted to be left alone by God. You can unpack those things in your testimony. This is who I was before I became a Christian. I never went to church. Or if I did, it's because I had to go. Or I simply was made to go. Or whatever the situation is. But think about those things in which you have in common Because, and I think what Tom is saying is this, um, we're all sinners. And they need to see that in your testimony. If you come across as, I was just really good at church, and I was always at church, and and I was just wonderful, I just loved, you know, I was saying those hymns, and then one day I prayed a prayer. Why would you pray a prayer? If you were wonderful and everything was great, and you loved Jesus all your life, I guess the first question is, do you even know Jesus? Right? Do you even know yourself? So we don't want to spend a lot of time there, but we want to be able to relate with them so that they realize, and this is one of the big things that you hear with unbelievers, is they feel like Christians look down their nose at them. 
And we paint this picture of us being perfect. And so this, this is an opportunity to relate with them. This part of your testimony is where you can relate with them. And it's really important that you do that. Because, number one, it's true. Right? You, are, you were just like them. Ephesians says, we were by nature, what? Children of wrath, just like the rest. I was completely dead to God, had no desire to know him, wanted to live totally for myself. And yet, when I sinned, there was guilt and there was shame. And yet, I was unable to stop. I was unable to get victory over sin. So, it's a desperate situation, right? Okay? So that's the first thing. What was your life like before? You can obviously add some color to it by explaining more in detail the personal aspects of your life and explaining, you know, maybe, you know, whatever the sin was you were struggling with in some kind of general terms so that they understand that you're like them. But it's also important that you do that because here's the chance this part of your testimony, which, which of the four categories does this part of the testimony deal with? Of the four. Man, okay? So this is your chance to weave in to your testimony some things that are true about man and his need for Jesus, right? So we can weave that in. And these things we're talking about are true, right? That we don't love God, that we don't obey God, that we're in rebellion against him, that we're self-centered, that we can't help, our, we can't save ourselves, we can't change ourselves. Okay? So, all right. Next one, how, how you came to repent of your sins and believe in the gospel. All right? So this is where you're going to explain how you understood. Where, when you came to the point of understanding your condition, and understanding who Jesus was and what he was going to do. So this is a great time to talk about Jesus, isn't it? Okay? It's a great time to talk about what you learned and helping them understand how you responded, right? Which gives them an example of how they can what? Respond, right? So really, the second part of this, how you came to repent of your sins and believe in the gospel is also related to part four of the response in the gospel presentation, right? So carefully unpack that and explain to them how one day how God changed your heart and how God showed you who you were and how God um, offered you forgiveness and just clearly explain your thought process on how you came to the point of being willing to repent and believe. Okay? That's powerful. Okay? And the gospel is in there, isn't it? Okay? So help them see that this was a lifelong commitment. This wasn't just a one-time prayer. We deal in a culture where everybody gets inoculated from hell by praying a prayer. Okay? I'm not saying that praying a prayer... If, it's commit, if you're making a commitment to Christ, it doesn't save you. But what I am saying is, a lot of people in our culture have done that. But there's been no change. There's been no tangible change. Because it didn't line up with the work of the Spirit in their life. 
So they prayed the prayer. They're, I'm confident this is the situation, but the reality is there's no fruit. All right? So number three is what your life has been like now since knowing Christ. Okay? This is where you unpack what God does in your life. And it may be that you stop, you know, chewing tobacco. Or maybe you stop doing this or that. But you, you don't want to just, you, you want to focus on how you're being set free from sin, yet still telling people that what? It's not all gone, right? We want to be real with them, but we're being changed. And we want to unpack for them those things in our life that show that God's at work. So what are some of those things in our life that show that God's at work in us? Fruit. So what kind of fruit? Okay, so we have the fruit of the Spirit. I used to hate my mother-in-law. But now, since I became a believer, I've learned to love her. Or, you know, so I've learned to love people. Or, what are some other fruits of God changing our life? Yeah, I, have, I now have a desire to know Him. I enjoy doing what? Reading the Word. I enjoy being with fellow believers. What's my attitude now towards sin? I hate sin. I hate it even more than I did before. And I'm deeply grieved by my sin. And then what do I do when I sin? I go to Jesus because he's my advocate. And now do I fear death? No. And why? Because my life's been changed, and I know that I now belong to him. And the wrath that I should have received, who received that? Christ received it. So now I know that whether I die or whether he comes, I know that I'm his. And I know that I'm loved by him. And he loves me even when I do sin. And he's there to strengthen and encourage me. And So, again, helping them flesh out... What does it really mean to be a believer? Because for a lot of these people, they are, quote, Christian in our culture, right? They have gone to church or they have prayed a prayer, but there's no fruit. Talking about your attitude towards sin, talking about your desire for righteousness, talking about your love for God and your desire to know him, talking about your desire to be other-centered versus yourself-centered, all those things paint a picture that if a person doesn't know Jesus, they're going, you know what? I don't. I don't experience that. I don't love God. I'm still self-centered. I don't want to go to church. I may go to churches out of duty. I sure don't want to read, I sure don't read my Bible or want to read my Bible. And when I sin, yeah, there's some guilt, but there's no, there's, and I'm not progressing. I'm getting worse because we know for them, they're going where? If they don't have Jesus, instead of sin becoming less and less and less, it's becoming what? More and more and more. They're becoming more deeply enslaved. And sharing with them, you now have freedom. There's freedom now to overcome sin. You're no longer a slave to sin. So those are things that are important to put in that, along with your own personal life and the things that you share in that. Okay? And then... Um, 
And then finally, you've already kind of weaved it through here, but then being able, number four, tell the person how you're, how you're sharing with can experience the same thing. So you may have shared it kind of in your testimony, but now it's time to bring it home in clear, simple terms. Right? Because again, they're, this, I mean, just imagine hearing this for the first time. They're hearing your testimony and all this stuff's coming at them. And, you know, okay, you ready to trust Jesus? It's like too much information, right? So we need to do what? Clarify it. Nail it down again. What do they need to do to experience this? Okay, and that's the response section. Okay? Good. All right. So what our assignment is, is that how many of us have our testimony down? Okay, a few of us do. Okay. What I want to encourage you to do this week is to take some time to write out your testimony. Okay? Write it out, thinking about the questions that we have here in this framework and fitting it in with the gospel. Okay? And have it to where you can read over it enough so that you know if I get a chance, I want to share this with somebody. Okay? I mean, if we have to prepare for Sunday school or a sermon or a teaching a class or whatever, we always do what? We always write out, don't we? We always prepare it. And this is going to give you a chance to really think through an unbeliever's perspective. You may need to describe sin in a little different way to them or at least define it for them, right? But, but your testimony needs to be one that, that is, that is, uh, that's encouraging, right? If, you're, if your testimony is so old within you that you're not excited about it, don't share it. You know what I'm saying? We need to first get ourselves to where we're what? Excited about it. And, and this comes with enjoying Jesus, right? Knowing Jesus, enjoying Jesus, and being grateful for all that he's done put together. And again, you may have testimonies of different links, right? If you have a chance to just five minutes with somebody, it's going to have to be short and sweet and to the point, right? If you have somebody for 25 minutes, it may be a little different deal. So you might want to have an expanded version and then know, okay, what are the very essential things? If somebody just came to me and said, I know you're a believer, I've only got five minutes here, tell me what God's done for you. Can you do it in five minutes? Okay? All right. So that's our assignment is to write out our testimony. Continue to pray for our hearts to have compassion toward the lost people. Have we had some chances to share Christ? Yep. Yeah, I had, had a chance the other day. I was getting my window fixed in my, my Suburban after having a wonderful break-in in San Antonio. I love San Antonio. And, um, and the guy there, I was just talking to his buddy, and he overheard the conversation, and his uncle had been a pastor. So we got a chance to talk quite a bit about the Lord and what he's doing. And, and so it's just amazing how just being there and saying stuff. And people, people are observing, aren't they? People pick up a lot of stuff. So let's be praying for our hearts to continue to be open 
asking God for opportunities, being expectant for those. Um, pray for open doors for the gospel. Pray for the lost people in our area. And then write out our testimony. Okay? And let's make sure we're reviewing what? Matthew 28, 18 through 20. All right. Any questions or thoughts before we go? Um, mm-hmm. I got saved pretty young. I was probably 9 or 10. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I didn't really have a chance to sin much. Or... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, you did. You just didn't yeah, know it. Right. But at the same time, I had the same questions that everybody had. I'd lay in, wait, lay in bed at night and, and wonder where I was going to go when I was going to die. Mm-hmm. I'd look at the stars and wonder, you know, where did all this stuff come from? Yeah. Exactly. That's good. And I think you, that needs to be articulated in your presentation because those are questions that everybody has and it gives you a chance to relate them. And you did have them. Sometimes we don't think about that. You know, we don't think about that in our testimony. We just kind of, I mean, it's been years, a few years since you got saved. So you've kind of forgotten your thought process. But I, I remember my grandmother dying. I remember that. And I remember before that, I didn't think anything at all about where I was going to spend eternity. After that, I thought a lot about it. So I think that's important. And I think it's important for people to, and, and again, part of the gospel presentation is we're being saved from God's wrath and judgment. And that needs to be articulated because there is a short time frame here. I mean, there is a window of opportunity that if they don't take advantage of this offer, it's not going to be offered later. They have their life to make this decision. And, and they need to understand the, the brevity of that and the, and the uncertainty of that. And that should be on our hearts as well, that people, wow, it's, life can change quickly. Yes? Right. They come now in a heart of repentance. Right. So repentance is very important. But also, I think that same thing keeps us from sharing that idea, I'm not ready. Mm -hmm. Because number one, I don't know enough. Or number two, you know, I'm still a sinner. Mm -hmm. So so the whole world, really, in everything you read and hear and say, wants us to feel hypocritical. Mm -hmm. and, And wants us to be stopped dead in our tracks because of this yep. thing that doesn't fit. You know, I'm a, I'm a Christian, but I still have sin. Mm-hmm. So, so how can I share with anybody? And, and the answer is because God is the one who is good and perfect and who does the work. Right. And I can just tell you one of the times that I shared with a man, I did not feel very good. I did not feel very... Spiritual. I did not mm-hmm. feel like I was really following the Lord, but right. but there were 
Yeah. And so what am I going to do? No, mm-hmm. God, I'm just not ready. No, I shared the gospel with a man, and he came to Christ. And I can't believe it. Um, I mean, I can believe it. But it doesn't happen all the way, time like that. No. And so it was a glorious thing for God in my life to see that I don't have to be perfect in my even in my own walk. I don't have to be right where I need to be in order to be obedient and to share God with right. people. Now it does I think I think I should be. You know, I was carrying around a lot of guilt at that time in my life. I shouldn't have been carrying, but but God also used that to minister the word to me and to my heart. You know? Amen. Because as I share with him the truth of his word God's sharing with my spirit at the same time. Amen. And so I guess the thing that amazed me was that he was ready. Mm-hmm. That man was ready and he didn't know it. He didn't know he was going to be ready. Right. He didn't have a thought about it. He was a criminal. He was mm-hmm. in such distress in his own marriage that it was breaking apart. Mm-hmm. All he knew after my testimony, opening the, the word of God to him was that he needed God. And he came to God. And he is a believer today. Amen. And it's just a glorious thing to know that it's not up to me. It's, you know, and, and another thing I've learned is that, you know, and, and I think it's great to have this framework, but it's not the same from time to time, you know. And, and one of the things I've kind of relaxed in in the last few years is to know that sometimes I'm just planting a seed. Sometimes I'm just watering a seed. Sometimes I'm even just encouraging someone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm doing the whole thing. Yeah. And, 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 and I can relax in that. I don't have to have the 25 points, you know, as I'm sharing with someone at the grocery store. Exactly. It can be just one of the points. Mm-hmm. Just something. Anything. Do something. <laughs> right. Don't stand there. Do something, right? <laughs> right. I think you've said several things that are important. Um, one is, as our testimony shares how we deal with sin and how the Lord works in helping us, if we really articulate that well, that gives them the hope. And then I think the second part is that, you know, Jesus doesn't clean fish and then catch them. Or they don't, come, they don't get clean and then come to Jesus. So I think it's important that, that, um, that they understand that. That Jesus, you need to mainly be willing to turn from this and completely trust him. That's the two requirements. Be willing to turn from your sin and completely trust him. If you're, if you're, if you're willing and able to do that, then the process begins. And everything else down the road, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff going on there, but that's, that's the starting point of it. Uh, and then our own situation. I mean, what day do we not sin? You know? We have better sin days than others, right? But we all have sin days, and it's almost inevitable that you're going to have a sin day, and you're going to walk right into a great opportunity. And this gets back to the fact that we need to be ready to share whether we're having a great day, whether we're having a bad day, whether we're having a day of victory, whether we had our quiet time in the morning, because that just becomes a, that just becomes an excuse. If I had my quiet time this morning, I've been ready, but I don't, so I can't share. No, you can. You've got the gospel. You can share the Lord. So, and the bottom line is, again, who does the saving? He does. 
he, he saves. Uh, we're the unworthy servant. He's the one who saves. He's the one that's worthy. Um, so I think those are good points. Yeah, Tom? The thing that Mark said about some, some sow, some water, some, you know, I find myself in trouble when I'm trying to get all these points, all these, got mm-hmm. all these things. Mm-hmm. You know, I've told the story about saving a woman, not me saving a woman, but giving a woman the gospel in about 40 seconds. Mm-hmm. You can't change your lifestyle, but I think the willingness, the, the willing question has to be there because if we're not willing to change, if we're happy where we're at, then do we have repentance? Faith first, right? Repentance and faith. We don't know what the we don't know what this all looks like, but we do have to know that they don't like what they're doing, right? They have to be at the point where they don't. If they if they're not where they don't like if they're not at the point where they don't like what they're doing, then the spirit hasn't gotten to that point yet. Now you're right. They may be at the point they're overwhelmed with the thought of, of this change, and that's where I think your testimony helps them to see that God can can do that work. That's good. That's excellent. So there's a lot into this, isn't there? There's a lot of stuff involved in this. But I think, and I'll leave this with us as we go. As Mark said, we need to get out there. You're never going to have it planned enough to where you feel comfortable. I remember my first call at College Plus. I'm sitting there, and I talk to people all the time on the phone, right? So I'm sitting there, and I make my first call, and and uh, it goes to voicemail. And I'm going, what am I supposed to say? I forgot what the, what are you? I mean, something as simple as a voicemail. You're going, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this. So I hung the phone up <laughs> and had to call back again. You know, I, leave, leave, I had to think, my, think through it. But the reality is you will do more just getting out there and sharing what you know. And then once you find you've, you, then you'll begin to hone it. After I gave that first voicemail, I go, okay, I can do better than that. Let's do this. And you get into it, and eventually it becomes a situation where you don't have to have your notes, and you don't have to have it all written out, and you're out there, and you're more, you're more just um, comfortable in doing it. So don't wait till you feel comfortable. Today, when people need Jesus, share something with them, okay? 
and you can always improve, but at least be out there doing it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We pray that you'd help us become men and women who proclaim the gospel regularly to people. And Lord, help us to grow in our skills to better proclaim the gospel, better understand where people are at. And Lord, we ask you to change our hearts toward the lost. In Jesus' name, amen.